Thank you for visiting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We pray the following message will be encouraging to you. Listen in as we start taking away the layers of religion and discover the joys of a relationship with the Creator. All right, how many of you glad you made it? Come on, you're glad you made it. See, the, the worship team, this is how God just works and God just confirms things. The word, I, I don't like to tell the worship team what I'm sharing. I don't like to give them titles or nothing. And I just like to see how God will bring it all together. See, Ephraim closed today singing, We fall down and we get up. How many of you just received that today? We fall down and we get up. And, and for some of us, man, that's been the, not for some of us, for all of us, that's been the story of our lives. We fall down and we get up. Sometimes we stay down too long. Some, some of you have been down 10 years before you got back up. Amen? But, but tell somebody, I'm glad I got up. I'm glad I got up. So what the worship team didn't know is that the title of the message today is a fight to the finish. How, how do you plan that? You can't plan that. A fight to the finish. Amen? So who's excited about the Word of God? Come on, give me two people. I'm good. We can preach it or we can teach it. Teaching takes a lot longer. So if you get me excited, we can preach it. Amen? And get it done quicker. That's how that works. So, so in case you didn't know, let me tell you a secret. Whenever you go and, and you go to a conference, to a, to a church or something, you can have the man teach it. Or you can have them preach it by getting them excited. That means it's not, you know, kind of like, like faking it. It's when you hear something that rings true in your spirit, you amen it. And you get excited. That gets you excited. That gets him excited. You move quicker. Okay? So, that's, so, so now you know. So don't throw the fake amens. I'm saying when, when you know something, it's true. When something rings in your spirit, you say, I feel that. Amen. All right? All right. All right. Let's start with a quote. I love quotes. Here's the quote for this morning. The story of your life is the story of a long and brutal assault on your heart by the one who knows what you can be and fears it. Wow. Wow. For those of you that are slow to listen, I'll say it again. The story of your life is the story of a long and brutal assault on your heart by the one who knows what you can be and fears it. How many of you can confirm that that's true? How many of you say, that's my life? That is my life. Because sometimes you need to know why you're getting beat up so much. Sometimes you need to know why. Why am I getting beat up? How come every time I, 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 I try to do the right thing, how come every time I start going to church again? How come every time I start, I start getting my family ready to go to church again? How come things get so hard? It's because there's a long and brutal assault on your life because the enemy knows what you can be and he's scared. Amen? Well, we're going to get into it. You're going to believe it by the time we're done. We spoke, uh, I spoke last week about how God has called us to be the salt and light of this world. How each and every one of us have, have that mandate from God. And I just want to give you a scripture to do a recap. Matthew 5.13. We didn't read it last week. I'm going to give it to you this week. Matthew 5.13. For those of you that are always wondering, what am I doing here? Well, here it is, right from the Word of God. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here to be the salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. Amen? Tell somebody, I'm adorable. 
I'm here to be the salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If, if, if there's no, um, for, for those of my non-Spanish people, would, would my Spanish people bring a bottle of adobo and give it to our brothers that are not next week so that they'll understand how that brings out flavor, amen? Alright, do that. That's your homework. Alright, so if, if, if you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness, the word says. Here's another way to put it, verse 14. You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors of this world. God is not a secret to be kept, 15. If I make you light bearers, don't you think I'm going to hide you under a bucket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Now that I've put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand, shine. We were made for that, amen? Well, when you, when you break that down... Don't give me that fake clap too either. I'm catching that. Now I just feel like you're rushing me. No, I'm kidding. Listen, when you break that down, there's a lot more that's implied in that scripture. You need to, let's think about that for a moment. If we were made to be the salt of the earth, and we know that salt does what? It preserves, it disinfects. Salt heals. Salt, it, you know, there's a lot of, of different characteristics of salt. So that means that there are things in this world that need preserving. Amen? There's things in this world that need some disinfecting. There's hurt, there's wounds that need to be healed before they get infected. If we were made to be the light, that means there's darkness in this world, isn't there? If we were made to shine, that means there's people walking around in the dark. And they need us to shine so they could see where they're going. This is a quote from a commentary about that. It says, A key thought in both the pictures of salt and light is distinction. Salt is needed because the world is rotting and decaying. And if our Christianity is also rotting and decaying, it won't be any good. Light is needed because the world is in darkness. And if our Christianity imitates the darkness, then we're no good. We have nothing to show the world. I hope we receive that today. See, we, 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 we wouldn't need one thing if there wasn't the other thing. Do you understand what I'm saying? It, it paints a picture. It gives us a sense that there is a battle going on. There's a battle going on in this world. And that's what I want to get into today in a message titled, A Fight to the Finish. And see, the way I see it, you're either fighting to shine or you're just fighting. You're either fighting to shine or you're just fighting. See, a lot of times we fight with no purpose. When you fight with no purpose, you get tired. Do you understand? It's just practical. When you fight with no purpose, you're tired. When you fight with a purpose, just think of every every, uh, Rocky movie. When you fight with a purpose, otherwise you're just getting beat up for no reason. You understand what I'm saying? If I'm going to get lumped up and have my speech slurred and everything like that, I want it to be because there's a reason, there's a purpose. I I know that I'm victorious and and I want to fight the victorious fight. Amen? Come on. All right. So if you're just joining us, we've been going through the life and, and, you know, the book of Daniel since the beginning of this year. And the book of Daniel takes us all the way back to the history of God's people. God dealing with His people. And then it fast forwards us to this present day headlines and even beyond that into what has been spoken that will happen in the last days. So let's get back into the book of Daniel. We're going to try to, we'll finish the book of Daniel between this week and next week. If you have your Bibles, 
I don't know why you wouldn't, but open up Daniel. Turn to Daniel chapter 10. And I'm just going to be reading from there real quick. And we're just going to kind of get through 10 and bring, and, and, and I pray that God will bring some understanding through it today. Amen. Daniel 10, it starts this way. In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a revelation was given to Daniel. Its message was true and it concerned a great war. The understanding of the message came to him in a vision. At, what, at that time, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. This is where we get the Daniel fast from. He mourned for three weeks. It says, verse 3, I ate no choice food, no meat, no wine touched my lips. I used no lotions at all until the three weeks were over. Say, Daniel was ashy. How many of you glad we didn't add that when we did the Daniel fast together? No lotions, no soaps. I wouldn't, I wouldn't do that to your families. But you, you get the sense here that Daniel... Daniel's heart was heavy from what God has shown him. Do you, do you understand what's going on? It says he mourned. He did a fast for 21 days, a modified fast, not a full fast. He, he, it said no meats, no wines. He did a fast for 21 days. Daniel was fighting. How many of you understand that a fast is a fight? Right? Those of you that did it with us in the beginning of this year, you know fasting was fighting. You're fighting your desire to eat the chocolate cupcake. You were fighting the desire for the pork chop. You were fighting the desire for meats and fighting the desire for coffee. How many of you? So, so a fast is a fight too, right? So look what happens. Verse 4. Check this out. Catch this. On the 24th day of the first month, as I was standing on the bank of the great river... Verse 5, I looked up and there before me was a man dressed in linen with a belt of finest gold around his waist. His body was like of chrysolite, his face like lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleam of burnishing bronze. But before we get caught up in, in, in the vision, I want you to see the process. I want you to note it was day 24. Daniel had fasted and mourned, praying for 21 days. It was day 24. Listen to me. Some of you have been praying for certain things for a long time. You've been asking God about a certain thing and it's been a season. It's been 21 days. It's been a season in your life and you have not heard anything. You haven't felt anything. You think maybe God forgot you. Maybe God is busy. Maybe this is not important to God. Maybe I'm not important to God. I want you to know today... Day 24 is coming. Now, come on, you need to get excited about that. Day 24 is coming. On the 24th day, the answer of the Lord came. I want to tell you today, if it's been 21 days, 3 weeks, 3 months, 3 years, don't give up fighting. Because on the 24th day, Daniel was standing on the bank of the river. And when he looked up, there before him was his answer. How many of you waiting for an answer? Come on. God answers prayer. We'll get into it in a minute. Verse 7, I, Daniel, was the only one, this is so key, was the only one who saw the vision. The men with me did not see it, but such terror overwhelmed them that they fled and hid themselves. 
So I was left alone, gazing at this great vision. I had no strength left. My face turned deathly pale and I was helpless. Listen to me, family. Sometimes the people around you, the people working with you, the people praying with you, the people that you've gathered around you for support, the people that surround you, sometimes they're not going to see what you see. Sometimes you're left gazing at this great vision and you have no strength left. Am I talking to anybody today? You, 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 you're left looking at this vision and you have no strength left. You feel totally helpless. It happened here to Daniel. It happened to Saul when, when God touched him and blinded him. It says everybody saw the light but nobody heard what, what he heard. See, so there's two instances that we see that sometimes God gives us a vision and the people around us don't see it. Don't stop fighting. Don't give up. Amen? You need to be willing to stand alone for the vision before people will stand with you. That's why God gave you the vision. See, this orphanage that we talked about, because this, that has been, this has been her, her it might have been her first words as a kid. I, I, don't, I don't know, I don't remember how far back this has been her dream. I don't remember how far back she's dreamed this thing, but this was a vision. And, and you know, you tell anybody, we're building an orphanage, everybody said, that's a good idea. We're going to build an orphanage for these kids. Oh, that's wonderful. That's great. Right? And so it's going to cost, you know, $200,000. Okay. I got your first 20. You, you understand? Because the vision, you see this great vision, but you're helpless. You, 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 you're helpless. And, you, you know, sometimes God will do that because you, you need to see that you can't do it. Sometimes somebody here today needs to realize that vision that you have. Listen, if you have a vision that you can accomplish, then it's your vision. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's good. That's a goal. That's a dream. That's good. But, but a God vision is something that you can't do by yourself. Amen? And, and I, you know, I can, I can have a lot of visions that I can do. I can think of, you know, I need a table across the back. And then this weekend I can come and build it. It was a good vision, served a good purpose, and I was able to do it. But, but you see, it, and then I, I don't like those little visions. Those are just things that happen. I want to have a vision. I say, you know what? I need the rest of the building and I need a second floor on there. Now, what's that going to cost me? Two, three million dollars. Oh, okay. That's a vision that I don't have. You know, I, I go and I, I look up and I log into my account and realize, no, definitely not two million dollars. Not going to happen. I don't even have the, the percentage of the percentage of a percent of the down payment that I would need for something like that. You understand? So that's a God vision. Because that's something that I can't even... I could put $2 in the pot, but that's all that's going to happen. You understand? That's a God vision. Amen? You need to be willing to stand. So look what it says, verse 9. Then I heard him speaking, and as I listened to him, I fell into a deep sleep, my face to the ground. A hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. He said, Daniel, you are highly esteemed. Consider carefully the words that I'm about to speak to you, and stand up, for I have now been sent to you. And when he said this, said this to me, I stood up. See, in your weakest points, when God speaks to you, God's word gives you strength. Can, can we receive that? When you're weak, when you're on the floor, when you're on your knees, when you're just, I got nothing. When God speaks vision to you, he gets you up. His words give you strength. 
So then he continued, Do not be afraid, Daniel, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before God, your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. If you forget anything else today, remember this. Don't give up because God hears. That's it. Leave. Some of you can leave. Don't give up because God hears. Since, listen to that verse. Since the first day you set your mind to gain understanding and humbled yourself before God, your words were heard. Could it be that we need to humble ourselves and set our minds to gain understanding before we pray? Could it be? Could it be that we come, we come to God and pray arrogant? And I'm not talking about bold. The word says to be bold. I'm talking about arrogance. Daniel humbled himself and set his mind to gain understanding before we pray. You know what that means? L- listen to what that means. To, you set your mind to gain understanding. That means I don't go and talk to somebody to ask them something to tell them what I want them to tell me. That's, that's our view of prayer. That's our view of understanding with God. We go to God in prayer. God, so here's what I want you to do. I need to do this. I need this. I need this to be done. I need this to be done. So what I need you to do, God, is to make sure that this and this and this and this and this happens. See, God does not make us project managers. Do you understand? He, it says Daniel humbled himself and he came before God with his mind set to gain understanding. What does that mean? That, that's, what does that prayer sound like? God, I don't know what I'm doing. But I know that you want me to do something. And so God, help me, bring me understanding on what it is that you want me to do. And bring me understanding, God, because I know that I can't do it. That's humbling And that's setting your mind to understand, to to receive understanding. Amen? When we do that, when we come in prayer like that, it's it's we, we, we read the word of God that God answers us. See, the beauty of serving the King of kings and the Lord of lords is I don't have to light a candle. I don't have to talk to a statue. I don't have to hope my prayer makes it to God in time to deliver me. I don't have to beg Mary to tell Jesus to speak to the Father. You and I go right to God, go right before the throne room of God, and we go right to the Father in Jesus' name. And when you understand the word, you understand the sacrifice that was paid for you and I through Christ, who paid the price so that we can have access like that to heaven. We can come boldly before the throne room of God because we know that God hears. And if it's taking too long, no. We need to fight to the finish. Amen? This is a fight. To the finish. Look at verse 12. We said, since the first day you have set your mind to gain understanding and humble yourself before God, your words were heard and I have come in response to them. Well, what happened? Because it says, since the first day you started praying and, and, and came to me like that, I, have, I, I understood and I sent the response, but it's day 24. How many of you are good at math enough to understand that the day 24 is not the first day? How many of you, 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 you caught that, right? 
I know it's hidden and it's, you know, hidden and we need to break down the Hebrew Greek or maybe or whatever, but it's hidden in there. But, but he started praying and for 21 days and then the 24th day the answer came. So what happened there? Verse 13, it says, The prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me for 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, we're talking about angels here, we're not talking about kings in the country. You, un you understand what the word is saying here? One of the chief princes came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Verse 14, now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future for the vision concerns a time yet to come. Now church, I'm not even going to get into what the angel came to say to Daniel today. I just want you to see what happened in the process. Daniel humbled himself and prayed. God heard and sent his answer, but the answer was held up. You have to understand that there is a battle going on. There's a war taking place. I'm not talking about Iraq. The angel had to fight to get to Daniel. And then even in the fight, the, God gave the, the answer to the angel. The angel came to deliver it and he got caught up with other princes. See, the Word of God says there's, there are princes and principalities and high places. You, you understand what's, what's going on here? There was a battle before that thing. How many know there's a battle in here right now? There's a battle in here right now. Some of you came and, 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 and listen, I'll tell you straight up. Some of you walk in because of all the open doors that you have in your life, because of all the willful sin that you do. And I'm not condemning anybody, please understand this, but there's consequences to the way we live. And so sometimes when we live our life wide open that we don't care, we, we'll, we'll come to church on Sunday because that's what we should do. But the rest of the week I live like the devil. It doesn't matter to me. You understand? Then there's things are open. Some of you are sitting right now with, with just spirits oppressed you. Some of you are depressed because it's a spirit. I don't believe it's all chemical. It's all, it's all, I don't believe, yeah, there is. So don't, you know, don't get it twisted. But, but some of you are oppressed and depressed. Some of you have things in your head that are telling you, I, I need to get out of here right now. Right now. Why would God want you to get out of here right now? There's a battle going on right here, right here that we don't see. Now, the Word of God calls it spiritual warfare, to use a, a biblical word, right? It, the Word of God calls it spiritual warfare. Listen to me, this can be the most exciting stuff you've ever heard, or it could be the scariest thing in the world for you today. I believe that all depends on who you are, what you know, and where you stand. See, I remember when God first spoke to me and set me free from the bondages that I was carrying. He set me free from the darkness that I was walking in. See, a lot of you know, but I was in the occult messing with saints, sinners, demons, and spirits before I became a Christian. And so I knew all about spiritual warfare before I knew anything about God. I've been afraid. I've been attacked. I've fought with things I couldn't see. I've called on things I didn't know. I lived afraid, scared to go to bed every night. And when I came to church, I didn't need anyone to convince me that there's a battle going on that we don't always see. But I'm afraid the body of Christ doesn't talk about this stuff much because it's not real popular. See, it's not real popular. It doesn't give us nice, warm, fuzzy feelings. Right? It, it's more popular to talk about seven ways to financial freedom. 
We'll pack, we'll pack seven ways to financial freedom. Three steps to walk in more blessing. Three to more blessing. Four steps for peace. I just want peace. I want everything to be peaceful in my life. I want peace. I just want peace. I don't want to do nothing. I don't want to fight for it. I don't want to stand for nothing. I just want peace. Tell me four steps to get to peace. It's not too popular to tell people there's a battle in the spiritual. But see, the Christian walk is not for wimps. It's for warriors. See, we get it twisted, and we've been told by the world, the world has told us that, that we're the goody two-shoes, that we're the, the wimps, that we're the wusses, we're the ones that don't spit, the, uh, um, drink, cuss, and, and, and cheat on our wives. So what? How, how much strength does that take? I can go accomplish that in, in, in 15 minutes. I probably don't even have to leave the building to accomplish that. How about that? So I can do that any anytime. I can ma- I can make that happen anytime. To not make it happen, that's for the that's where the warrior comes in. That's where there's a fight. <laughs> this thing ain't for wimps. When I first came to church, I, I didn't yet know who I was. I didn't know my identity in Christ. I, I came to church, I heard a message, touched my heart, it caused me to respond, but I didn't yet know who I was. Amen. And I, and I think there's people here today like that. You, and, and I No, not I think. I know there's people here today. Because if you knew who you were, you wouldn't walk the way you walk. If you knew, if you knew the things that I know in the Word, you wouldn't do the things that you do. So, so, so I mean, listen, I remember when I first came to church, there was a lady in the church. She was all about spiritual warfare. This woman, I mean, she just, she always had her combat boots on in the spirit. And, and she always walking around with Uzis and machetes and knives. And she always had the war paint on and in the spirit. Understand, don't think like there was a crazy lady in the church walking around like that. Especially since it was Sal and Manny's mother. You know, so I don't want to, you know, paint the wrong picture. But, but this lady was always, into, she was all about spiritual warfare. And I just said Manny's mother wears combat boots. That's messed up. That's foul. That's fine. I hope she doesn't get this CD. But, but yeah, I mean, so she used to give me books on, on spiritual intercession, on intercessory prayer. She used to give me tapes and books, and I was all into it. I was taking, I mean, I set my mind to be the Christian Rambo. You know, I was like, devil, I'm your worst nightmare. You know, I just, I wanted to be, I was, I was all about it, man. So, so, you know, I understand in, in one avenue, then I'm reading all this stuff about warfare and intercessory prayer, and I'm and battling with the enemy. I was looking for trouble. I mean, I used to walk in the church, I dare somebody manifest up in here. I dare. I'm looking for it. If somebody's coughing too much, I'm walking toward them. I want to make sure that's not a spirit that's making you cough, because I'm ready to just, woo! You understand? I was all about this, this, this warfare, man. This lady put this fire in my heart about it. But then I, I started reading, you know, I started getting more into it. And see, see how many know there's got to be balance? She understood balance. I didn't understand balance. I'm still young. And so, you know, I started reading. I remember I was reading a book called He Came to Set the Captives Free. Some of you read that? Scared the devil out of you too? 
I was reading that book, and then I was reading this other book. I can't remember what it was, and, and I looked for it, and I probably threw it out. Because this other book, between this book and, and this other book I was reading, this other guy, he was, he used to, um, he used to talk to, he used to get people to manifest and then ask the demons their names. And, and so in this book, there were all these names of demons that he would call out, and he had all these demonic names. And, and I gotta be honest, I started reading this, and I would get afraid. I started getting afraid again. And see, I was learning about all these demons' names. And, and you need, we need to understand, the Word of God does not tell us to do that. Okay? The Word of God does not tell us to, to, to do that kind of stuff. That's why it's so dangerous. Listen to me. To hear from and read all these other authors and speakers and, and commentaries and their opinions without first understanding your Word and hearing from God. Please get this. Get this, because man, you could, you could listen to somebody today and he'll, he'll twist you this way. And then you listen to somebody next week and he'll bring you back down this way. And then you listen to another speaker and another teacher and another, and, and you say, man, but you know, oh, oh, oh. And, and you don't know, but you need to hear from God. If you can't hear from God, stop listening to other people. Until you hear from God, Amen. We need to read the Word and hear from God. Okay, so if, if, listen, if there is something that you need to know, the Bible is like prego. It's in there. Amen? Come on, that was funny. It's in there. If you need to know about it, it's in there. See, these other books, at least for me, maybe some of you are more mature at that. Some of us have been called to be that kind of people. See, that woman, so that you know, she's still a spiritual intercessor for this church. So, Amen? All right, but but see, uh, for me, in my opinion, the more the one I was getting into, the, they were glorifying wickedness a little too much for me. And so, if the books were getting me afraid, it's because they were building up the head roach. You, you understand? And so, the more you the more you read about the head roach, the bigger it gets and the scarier it gets. And I started becoming scared again because you see, we don't need to know the names of of of, of those you know spirits that unleash hell. We need to know the names that will get us the hell out of those situations. Amen? Those are the names we need to know. And that's the name above all names. Amen? The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the first and the last. Those are the names. You don't need to know no demon names. If something gets ugly, just get the ugly out in Jesus' name. That's it. You don't need, you don't need to be further. Amen? I don't, I don't remember anywhere in Scripture where we start having conversations with demons to let them talk to us. Not necessary. Get out. Get out. You don't speak into my life. Amen? All right. So you see, once I learned, it's all about who you are. See, once I learned that I am a child of God, Romans 8.16. All things work together for my good, Romans 8.28. I'm an heir of God and a fellow heir with Christ, Romans 8.17. I am being transformed into His image from glory to glory, 2 Corinthians 3.18. I am in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5.17, and the new creation. I'm a citizen of heaven, Philippians 3.20. I'm redeemed, Galatians 3.13. I am God's own purchased possession, Revelations 5.9. I am an ambassador for the kingdom of God, 2 Corinthians 5.20. I am held in His hand and no one can snatch me away, John 10.29. I am seated with Christ in the heavenlies, Ephesians 1.20. 
See, once you know who you are, and then, and then it comes what you start to know about that. See, once I started to know that Christ is in me, Colossians 1.27, that I am the righteousness of God in Christ, 2 Corinthians 5.21, that I have been made complete in Him, Colossians 2.9 and 10. I have been set free by the truth, John 8.31. I am loved by Jesus, John 15.9. My body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in me, 1 Corinthians 6.11. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me Philippians 4.13 I have authority over all the power of the enemy Luke 10.19 I have authority over all power of the enemy get, get that somebody just get that one in you get that one you'll never be scared again get that you'll never be scared again you have authority authority over all the power of the enemy Luke 10 19 God will never leave me nor forsake me Hebrews 13 5 I am more than a conqueror in all things Romans 8 37 and I have received the power of the Holy Spirit Acts 1 8 you see it's about who you are and what you know who you are and what you know now, how are you going to know what you know and how are you going to know who you are and what you know without going into the Word? We need the Word, amen? But once, once you know those things, things change like this, amen? Things change. When you hear, when you know that, that God hears, then you pray differently, don't you? Come on, come on. Up until now, some of you just been praying because somebody said pray. Some of you just been praying because you read t-shirts from Christian t-shirts. Some of you have been praying because you've seen bumper stickers, you know? No. When, when you understand that God hears me, you pray differently. And so, you know, pray, and then when you pray, you know God has heard and will reply. So sometimes the reply is going to get held up because the last thing the enemy wants you to do is hear from God. You know why we focus on hearing from God so much here? That's the last thing the enemy wants you to do. Because when you hear from God, things change. When you hear from God, you change. When you hear from God, you change the situation around you. You change the environment when you hear from God. Amen? It's different just knowing from God. You need to hear from God. Listen, there is a spiritual battle going on all around us. It is a fight to the finish. Listen, I stayed home Friday to finish this message, right? And I was getting all into it. And, and, and I went to call Pastor Gary because I wanted to discuss some things with him and like I do very often. And all of a sudden, I couldn't make any calls. My phone was dead Friday. And, and I, I kept having, I said, all right, so you know, you reset, you reboot, you reboot, you reboot. Like my phone is not working. I ended up getting through the T-Mobile distraction. I ended up getting through to T-Mobile and T-Mobile said, no, there's something just happened in your area. The whole area is down. So I said, wow, all right. So, so, so they said, please just, you know, give us time. Well, I said, okay, fine. So, I, you know, there's an outage in my neighborhood. Give them time. Fine. So I said, let me just go. I was trying to finish my sermon. So I went to my browser to get the full scripture on Ephesians 6. And I wanted, you know, to close with this. And then all of a sudden my in internet connection went down. 
And, you know, I restarted the modem. I restarted the network hub. I made sure all the lights were on. They were always messing with the phone and with the, messing with the cable modem. And in case you're wondering, my, my cell phone service is T-Mobile. My home service is Verizon Files. Those are two separate networks. So I'm, I'm saying, man, you know, what's going on? Those are two separate networks, and they're both down in my area at the same time. While I'm trying to use both in the preparation of this message, I said, that's strange. And then I remembered that I'm speaking on spiritual warfare. And so I laughed to myself. I said, devil, it's too late. I don't need the internet to get me Ephesians 6. That's already inside me. And and I actually said this out loud. I'm I'm talking, thank God I'm alone most of the time when I do this because I'm talking, I'm preaching, I'm I'm amening myself and everything. But I said, you should have kept me from getting it in the first place. And I almost like heard in my spirit, oh, he did. He did. He did try to stop you from getting it. He is trying to stop you from getting it. He has tried to stop you from getting it. Um, James 4, 7, grab this. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. Family, you don't need an amulet to protect you, a set of beads, a statue, a cross on your wall. You don't even need a cross on your neck to protect, protect you. Listen, it, it, you are not a wimp. You're a warrior. Submit to God. And the word says, resist the devil and he has to flee. <laughs> to give it to you in the King James, resist the devil and he must bounce it. Ephesians 6.10, finally, brothers, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in heavenly places. Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so when the day of evil comes... See, we've been talking about these prophetic words that were given to Daniel, about the times that we're in now, about the times when the spirit of Antichrist is rising up all around us. How many of you see it? These are evil days. Can, can you, if you don't believe me, go home and read the newspaper one time. Read it from cover to cover one time. You tell me if these aren't evil days. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you might be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Put on the helmet of salvation and the sword of truth, which is the word of God, and pray in the Spirit on all occasions and with all kinds of prayers and requests. Family, this ain't some cute Sunday school lesson. 
I didn't want to bring a little kid up with a shield of righteousness, with a belt, with funny shoes, and a fake sword, and a little helmet, because that's how we see it. We think it's cute. We think Ephesians 6 is cute. We've seen it in too many little plays. We've seen it in too many Sunday schools. And, and we think that we're teaching kids that that's a cartoon. That's not what we're teaching them. We're teaching kids, this ain't cute. You need a breastplate. You need the sword. You need the helmet. You need it not, not to be powerful. You need it to survive. So when the day of evil comes, we can stand. Amen? We need to grow up and realize it is a fight to the finish. Spiritual warfare is about who you are. It's about what you know and it's about where you stand. I just told you who you are in Christ. I just told you what you needed to know. The last question today is where are you going to stand? Where are you going to stand? You might say, I'm all crazy this weekend because I just went paintballing with 30 guys and one woman. Go ahead, Diana. No. See, going paintballing, it, it just brought to mind again how dangerous this world is. See, the, 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 the instructor kept telling us, do not take your face mask off while you're in the thing because a paintball will quickly replace your eye. It's dangerous. There are people shooting at you in the paintball arena. And, and God knows none of us wanted to take our, our vests off because it blocked all the hits. That just brought this alive to me again. We need to understand it's a fight to the finish. So listen, some of you know who you are in Christ. You know what you need to know. That, that was just a reminder course. The last question though, what really matters is where do you stand? Where are you going to stand? I wish today that I could draw a line, use these pillars to draw a line, and then have some of you take a stance and say, stand here if you're going to stand for Christ and ready with the full armor and you want prayer and you want power and you want to walk in victory and, or, or I'll stand here. Because that's closer to the door and you can see your way out. Because you will never be comfortable in this place. You will never find comfort in this church until you take a stand. You will never feel comfortable in here. Do you understand that? You might as well stop coming. You're never going to feel the power of God. It's not enough to walk in it on Sunday and worship. And live like the devil the rest of the week. It's not going to work. You'll be miserable, you'll be tormented, you'll be depressed, you'll be beaten, you'll be defeated. You'll never taste victory. But when you get over to the other side and say, God, I don't care how long it takes. I don't care what, it, what I have to endure. I don't care if I need to wait 20 years for that orphanage to start being built. I'm waiting and I'm enduring and I'm pressing on because I know that when I pray you hear... And I know that if the answer has been delayed, I know it's because it's even bigger what God wants to do. Do you understand? I know that, hey God, if, 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 the enemy, if the enemy is stopping an answer from getting to me, it's because the answer is a good answer. How many of you know that? Why would the enemy stop a no? 
from the devil, from God. If God was sending me no, then the enemy would let it right through. Because he's not, he's going to fight with everything he has to stop it. And if he's fighting it, I'm believing God is giving us victory. I'm believing victory for that orphanage. I'm believing victory for those young people, those young little girls. I'm believing a covering, a blessing. I'm sending a prayer even now. I'm standing as another warrior, not a wimp. I'm standing and agreeing. Come on, come on, come on, take a side, take a side today. Worship is warfare, worship is warfare. So we need to learn how to pray in warfare, we need to learn how to walk in warfare, and you need to learn how to worship in warfare. So, so might as well stop, start here, amen? Start here, start to worship right now with these guys. Start to worship right now. Understand that he is the son, that he is the son of that lady that was just talking about spiritual warfare her whole life. This is a product. Come on, come on, let's worship, let's worship. Let's worship. If you haven't decided, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, if you haven't decided, if you haven't taken a a stance yet and said, God, I'm going to stand for you. I know everything about who I can be. I know everything about what that means. And God, today I'm choosing where I'm going to stand. If that's you, just come. Come right now. I'm not going to beg you. I'm not going to ask you twice. Come right now. If you're saying, God, I'm going to take a stand for you, come right now. You're saying, God, I'm standing for you. God, I'm receiving you as my Savior, God. I'm believing you died for me. I'm believing you rose for me. I'm believing that in that death and in that resurrection, I can have life. I can have forgiveness. I can have joy. I can have victory. I can have an answer to my prayers. Come on. Supporting the Sanctuary Fellowship. We are a new and growing church with a passion and a heart towards enjoying God, serving people, and building healthy families. We pray that you will continue to fellowship and grow with us as we follow hard after God. Don't forget to visit us on the web at www.sanctuaryfellowship.org. God bless.